Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Tickets. He just said, let's meet up. Here we go. We are live. Another edition of the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. We texted Tolly. Um, and he didn't respond, so I don't know if he's going to come on. Uh, it's been a fun one. The World Series going on, but the ran alongside Ricky Romero. Uh, today's guest is Adrian Garcia Marquez, the voice of the World Series for Fox Deportes. We'll come on with him in a little bit. Rick, how you feeling, man? How, how was Halloween for you? <laughs> how was Halloween? I mean, I got put in a Chewbacca costume, man. So, uh, I had you no did? say. There it is. Uh, the, everyone's been clowning on my mask because they said, my cousin said it looks like I went and bought it in TJ. Uh, I have no idea what Star Wars is. <clears throat> I know, obviously, some of the characters. I didn't even know who my youngest son, uh, Diego, was. Kylo Ren. No idea who that is. I had no idea who Carl was. I don't know jack shit about Star Wars, but, you know, for the kids. So I did it. They were pumped. Uh, and it's funny because they still bring the mask. Diego's been bringing the mask to me every day and saying, here you go, daddy, this is yours. This is yours. Put it on. So I don't know if I just look better in the mask or what. But yeah, man. <laughs> All right. They so- had a fun. I mean, I just walked around the streets with them, uh, you know, and it only lasts about an hour. And uh, But, you know, it, it was fun. It was cool. I mean, we've been trying to dress up every year. Uh, and so this year I got to be Chewbacca. <laughs> Dude, you're like me. I have no idea about um, what Star Wars is. I really don't care about it either. Yeah, me, but me um, it was something that in our group chat, Marco, our accountant, is really upset about that with you because yeah, you I know. don't care about that. And Star Wars yeah. people are different people, man. So you crazy. better be careful. We're not going to get attacked right now. Crazy, crazy. I know. I know. I just... I never got into it, man. I, it's just, yeah, yeah. Like it's just, it's isn't there like twenty movies? It seems like there, like every year. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, it's a whole different world. Now you know who yeah. really gets into it though for Halloween. Our friend CC Sabathia, man. Now he, dude, he goes every year. Oh, though, no. Every year they go hard, man, and they go crazy. Yeah, like some of those costumes are crazy, crazy. Yeah, and I've heard that I mean, he has like a huge party in uh, New Jersey where he lives, and it's like the big thing, and everybody goes out there. But yeah, like I, I mean, I mean, I never, I've never wanted to dress up. Um, and the kids, I would just go take them around a little bit, not not much, not really there. But like all the people that get all dressed up for Halloween with the, their family, and you're like, dude, did you guys take like months to make these preparations and all that? Ready, 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 Rick, for me to be the old man? All that, but on pinch Instagram. Just so they can post on Instagram that look at what we're doing, this couples. Because there, there was never any couples doing stuff. 
like Mexican dads weren't going with you to El Triqui Triqui or whatever, right? They were just at home, right? And then they were yelling at because kids were showing up. Like there was none of that. Everybody dresses up and the moms weren't dressing up. But now, ah, Pinterest and Instagram, they got everybody all figured out. So, yeah, my old man ran. Yeah, no, but you know what? It, it, to me, it's cool because the 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 boys love it, man. They love it. They they got a kick out of me wearing a Chewbacca costume. Like they were like, they thought it was the funniest thing ever. So that to me itself is like yeah. beyond satisfying. So yeah, it's um, all it's all it's you say it's for the kids. It's for yeah, the, the kids. Yeah, but other than that, man, I mean, everything's been cool. Uh, you know, a little off the loop on 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 the games. I've kind of been in and out, in and out. It's just that. It almost seems like um, they start right at dinner time, and then I go put the kids down, and there's it's still like the fourth inning when I come back. In the <laughs> Dude, I, uh, um, obviously, you know, you, you you can see both teams are lacking starting pitching right now, yeah. and um, obviously Charlie Morton being out hurts the Braves a little bit. But um, man, that the ball's in their court still. I mean, they're up. Uh, I would, I'm sure they wish they would have put them away at home. But now you got to go to Houston, where Houston plays really, really well. So um, we'll see how how it goes. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to watch this this game six, and us as fans, I'm sure you would agree, game seven would be yeah. the best, right? I mean, it, it, that's kind of what we're hoping for. But you know, I know those guys are probably like, let's just put them away now. I'm talking about the Braves, so we'll see what happens. But uh, you know, uh, Max Fried is a good friend, um, and I know he has struggled this postseason. So I kind of hope. For, for his sake, that uh, he goes out there and he dominates and, and he does what what we saw him do all season. So, hopefully, he has a good game. Yeah, Max Fried, as I like to say, is uh, another one of my stories of I saw him in high school because I I called his game when he was yeah. doing, playing in the area code games. Him and uh, Lucas Giolora, or uh, so they played Giolita. the same area code game that I worked at Blair Field, yeah. and uh, it's cool to see. And he's uh, there was a good story in the LA Times today about him how he went he was at Montclair Prep where a good friend Shad Ortiz and Russ Ortiz and Brad Fulmer and uh, other players were at, and then Montclair Prep shut down. So he was going into a senior year, had no high school. So he was trying to figure out what's going on. So go and check that out. Would I want to see a Game 7? Hell yeah, because anything Game 7 is awesome. I actually spoke at, uh, at Mateo's school at St. John Bosco last week to the journalism class. Some of the kids were asking, like, well, what are the coolest events you've been to? And I I mean, I've done a lot of stuff in my career, but I never really thought about it. But yeah, I've worked the Lakers-Celtics Game 7. Damn, okay. I've worked the Kings Game 7. Uh, I worked the World Series Game 7. Like, damn, and there's nothing like a Game 7 to just make it feel like, okay, this is cool. So I want to see it in baseball there for sure. Yeah. Now, yeah. we and have – one. I, 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 was, I, I, was I was at a Game 7. It's funny because I just got the memory. Uh, I got a picture of a memory. It was me and me and Cara. Um, we were at Game – it was probably, I don't know how many years ago now, but it was around the this time one, right? where – Yeah. Yeah, I saw you guys. Seven, against houston so um <clears throat> so it's pretty cool that it's been i don't know how long but i just remember this is a funny story game seven everyone wishes for that game seven as a fan and you know dodger stadium traffic <laughs> awful atrocious so in the ninth inning i kind of had a feeling the dodgers were down and out so in the ninth inning hits Car and I like literally sprinted to our car, so we didn't sit in any traffic. <laughs> hey, that's smart. That's a savvy move right there. You already know, game's over. Let's go. 
I, I I know fans would be like, dude, you left in the game seven, but I didn't I didn't really care about watching them celebrate. I mean, if it was the Dodgers kind of winning, if they were winning, it would have been probably different because I feel like everyone would have been there, everyone would have stayed, and you still would have had a chance to get out. But there was a lot of pissed off fans. I said, you know what, ninth inning comes, let's roll. We got out of there. We we literally ran. I still have a vivid memory of us running to the car, getting on the car, no traffic, out. We were out of there like in fifteen minutes. And then everybody else is crying. All right. But yeah, you whatever. You do whatever you want, bro. You ain't rooting for either team. A uh, little bit of housekeeping here. Congratulations to our intern, Graham Metzger. Uh, Graham at the University of Oregon is going to be working for Sports Illustrated Duck Digest. So Sports Illustrated has a bunch of, like, on each campus will have their own, like, site for it. And he's going to be writing for Duck Digest. So our intern, Graham. He's writing stories for Sports Illustrated. So, look, you hang out with us, you move on up, you know? Yeah, he better, he better give us some props. He better, he better include us in an article. Yeah, you know, I think he put us down on his uh, resume. I kid you not. That Really? <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, man, good kid. Good yeah. kid. Good uh, good, good to have him. I'm glad for him. Uh, yeah. it, it's, it, I'm happy that, 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 you know, hey. It's, it's for it's the kids. Start. Like you said, Beto, I mean, a lot. Of, you either go out and get it, or it's not going to come to you. Especially in the in the business that you guys are in, it just doesn't. Nobody's going to hand you anything. So when when you're out there, and and I feel like you do a good job of, of talking to kids and 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 asking, and they ask you questions, and you're you're raw, you're honest, you know. And and I've seen you you post on Twitter where like, hey, there's a job here for uh, to be, you know, something with the Los Angeles Lakers. Ready, go. Like I'm not going to tell you how to apply, how to do this. Yeah. Just go. And I and I feel like that's that's just the way life is sometimes. You just gotta go. I, I gotta talk. Yeah. Go <clears throat> I gotta talk to you about my kid, man. You gotta, mm, mm. <laughs> uh, shout out to go to the Wapo Pops Mobile Detailing, Dodger Baseball, Montoya Mex, and Marco Three Eleven, and also our good friend Ruben Polanco. Uh, what's going on? Uh, there is gonna be. We have an announcement coming up. There's gonna be the Ricky Romero Baseball Camp is coming up uh, Thanksgiving weekend. If you know any kids who are in the LA Unified School District, LA Unified School District, who are legit players, but they also have good grades, tell them to go check out the Ricky Romero Baseball Camp Instagram page or go to Ricky Romero Baseball Camp for information on how to do that. We're only going to take a limited amount of kids. It's the second one that we're going to be doing it. We're going to do it at East LA College. Just got the confirmation. It'll be really cool. And it's the only camp in the East Side. And it's the only camp that's absolutely free. And there's no, oh, by the way, uh, yeah, it's free, but then, oh, let me sell you my package for this. For There's no catch. It's actually doing something for free and a lot of friends out there. So uh, look at all the details of Ricky Romero Baseball Camp. I know that's something that's dear heart to your heart, right, Rick? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I remember the first one we did. It was a little overwhelming at times, but um, just because er er how it came together. You know, <laughs> it was just us talking about it, and then we, we kind of put our brains to work, and, and you guys – did all the logistics of it and just to see it and stand and walk around different stations that was and, and just see the kids uh interacting with you know former pros uh current big leaguers um scouts you name it um and just for them to have a little bit of an insight and we're, we're not we're not trying to we're not saying hey your kids can come out an all-star out of this but it's more just the knowledge where they're able to soak in and 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 just Take what take what they want, you know. Not not everything is for everyone. Um, you know, the game of baseball is not for me. I have always said it. It's not a cookie cutting 
bit type thing. Everyone's different. Everyone likes, uh, everyone, um, you know, has different ways they go about, about the game and stuff like that. But all we can do is provide you with, with, with the tools, you know, and, um, a lot of those guys that we bring in are all experienced, um, uh, college baseball players, big leaguers, minor leaguers, and all that stuff, you know, and, and, and that the cool thing about it, Beto, is that we, it's not just like, oh yeah, we're just going to bring in a bunch of big leaguers and Ricky's going to step off to the side and, and, and not really interact. No, I, I want, I've told you from day one, I love being hands-on to me. It's not about big leaguers or anything like that. It's about being, be, bringing quality people. And I think that we've been surrounded, we've been blessed with having that kind of help, um, you know, shout out to to Al Quintana, who who last a uh, couple of years ago ran a tremendous camp uh, in on the hitting side, and I've always said it, man, like I trust that that guy with with my kids, you know, when it comes to hitting, yeah. um, and and he just runs such a smooth show, and and man, you know, I can't wait, I can't wait. The fact that you know, obviously, shout out to Elac too uh, for letting us use their field. And, you know, the biggest thing is for me, like I said, it's it's the pride of being from East L.A. and and just, you know, sharing a, a bit of, of my knowledge, my story with them. And, you know, as you know, Beto, it, it, it's yeah. not not many kids come out of there. And, and if we're able to make a bit of an impact, not just in baseball, but in life, then it's completely 100 percent, a thousand percent worth what we're doing. Yeah, and it's not a camp where Ricky shows up, hey, here's a picture, and then he leaves, and you're left to, like, the guy from the corner is giving you instruction. No, you're going to have uh, the J guys. A lot of friends of the podcast are going to be there. I know Alan Trejo, who's with the Rockies, is going to be there. Uh, what is it? Uh, Mark Serrano. Uh, guy, Alex Sanabio. Guy, guys that are available that have been on the podcast, they're going to try to be I know Joe Musgrove said he's going to try to make it because it's that Sunday of Thanksgiving, so it'll be pretty cool. So you're right away, you I hear think, those guys. And you're like, what? No, he won't. Oh, no Ramirez, Ramirez, of course. Yeah, he won't make it. Uh, is I'm sure Patch will make it, right? Oh, everybody. Everybody's like, yeah, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Because it's that Sunday of Thanksgiving. We'll, we'll be there. And it's also, it's like, hey, you're not going to go pro, but damn, you can find a way to make a living in the in the sports world and get the hell out of East LA. You know what? Nobody thought I was going to go pro, you know? And that's the thing. That's the biggest thing. You know, that that's the biggest thing that, 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 that no, you, nobody knows if you're going to go pro nobody goes knows if you're going to go play college baseball nobody knows that but it's just hey here's here's our story you know even including noi you know he yeah. he he's out of the ramona projects and and nobody knew what he was going to do and and look at him now you know so nobody the, the the thing is that oh yeah like you know my 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 dreams are to play they want they want baseball good you know i yeah. i want them to have those kind of dreams but there's a lot of work that goes in between those dreams you know yeah. and, and and that's what, that's what we're there for, to, to be able to say, you know, ask questions and and, and whatever it is that, that they, they want to know. So I'm looking forward to it, man. Um, It'll be fun, I'm going to be fresh, uh, fresh off of a plane in, from Costa Rica, uh, and uh, uh, it's going to be fun once once I land. I, I know I'm going to be excited about it uh, while I'm out there, um, but once I'm back, it's going to be straight camp mode, and, and I can't wait. And, you know, somebody who uh, can be a perfect testament and hopefully can make it that day will be our next friend, Adrian Garcia Marquez, who's joining us right now from, where are you, Houston, Texas. He had dreams of going big league. But you know what? What he's doing that we're not doing, he's calling his eighth <laughs> World Series today, the voice of Fox Deportes, Adrian Garcia Marquez, who travels with his own microphone. That's legit, bro. What do you do? Oh, yeah. But but I got to tell you, though, I tried to plug it in. Your system didn't allow it, man. Como que... 
está discriminando tu sistema aquí, brother. But I do travel. I always have these guys on standby just in case. You know, obviously we do stuff for Chargers, Charger podcast, all this stuff went on the road. So I'm always ready. You know, Beto, you and I and Ricky knows as well. We we travel prepared just in case. Nunca sabes. The world might fall apart. You might have to go Walter Cronkite and and deliver the news. So you got to always have something in your back. Deliver the news right now. (laughs) No, that's dope. And and I remember the first time. You introduced us, Beto. I remember he was working for the Voice of the Lakers at the time, and I didn't even know they had a Spanish voice. And ever since that day, I was like, "Man, I'm gonna listen to the Laker games in Spanish." There's just so much more flavor to it, and that's the one thing I've always noticed and admire from you, Adrian. Just the way that I already know how passionate you are about baseball itself, just a fan, and now you add that into your your work, dude. It it, it like I like sit there and watch it, and I'm like. Man, like everything this guy is saying is just keeps you in tune, and 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 I'm speaking to the to the people that are listening to this podcast. That like, if you get a chance, flip on flip on that Spanish channel and and listen to this guy roll, man. It, it it's it's a thing of beauty. And thanks again for joining Thank us, you, man. It, it's yeah. awesome. And, and I'm and I'm no, pumped for you, man. I appreciate the invite, man. Yeah. Right. Now, before Adrian, before we uh, get into your story and everything else, so if, if you've heard him for the first time, if you haven't heard Adrian Garcia Marquez, he's the voice of the Chargers in Spanish, Fox Deportes, also now doing soccer for, is it CONCACAF? Hopefully I get it right. Is that what it is for CBS Sports? Yeah, it's a CBS, CBS Sports. And, and and yeah, I get to I get to call Mexico games, you know? So in English. living the dream, Bert. You, you, I, that's the best phrase, I think, of all of my colleagues. I think that's the one that describes everything for all of us. You know what I'm saying? Living the dream. And, and as you said, all of us that when we start out, especially in, in our case as former athletes and you're trying to see a ver si llegas, pro ball in algún momento, you give it your best shot, and then you see that it's you're not good enough, then you figure out another way to get in there and you know still figure out a way to live the dream. And that's exactly what I get to do. Be the voice of the Chargers, get to do this on Fox Deportes, have the privilege of calling soccer and Mexico games for CBS. And you know, I'm not stopping, man. I feel like I'm just getting started. Man, my- like you said, I'm your biggest fan, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna let people know what's going on here. All right. So if you're listening to the World Series and I'm I am a big Joe Buck fan. I, he's professional. He's smooth. He is the reason he's been doing it for twenty six years uh, is why. So, and if you think Joe Buck hates your team, it's because he does. He hates only. He only <laughs> hates your team. So if you're a Dodger fan, he only hates the Dodgers. He only hates the Braves. And that's when you know you're a good announcer when half the people think that you hate him, which means he's probably talking about the team that's winning. It's never hey Joe Buck hates my team that's winning, huh? It's always when they're losing he hates those teams. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's been happening to us, you know, it, and it's hilarious when when you consider, you know, the, exactly that detail over the World Series. Hey, you know, you'll see it on Twitter. No, hey, Adrian, you know, you guys are rooting for the Astros. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Hey, you guys are rooting for the Braves. No, I'm not. You know, I, I just try to flavor it up for both sides. And and whoever does the best work gets, you know, the, the emotion. So it, I know I can, you know, it's the passion. At the end of the day, Ricky, you said it, man. It's about the passion from the fans, from from all of us, the way we kind of just bring it to the table as professionals, as broadcasters, as friends, amigos, you guys doing the podcast, it's the passion for baseball. And baseball fans, that's are the aficionados atentos. You know, I start off the game talking about that because, uh, you know, we've seen, and no disrespect to fans in the NBA or the NFL or anywhere else, but 
baseball fans are different. You know, baseball fans study the numbers a little bit deeper. They see the tendencies a little bit more, and it's passed on. It's tradition. You know, Ricky, you know, man, your dad, you know, who passed on baseball to you. For me, it was my abuelito. You know, he was a big Dodger fan. I know he went to the grave still mad at me that I never converted to Dodgers full in that sense. I was Padres. Hey, Tony Gwynn, that was my guy. I wanted to name Tony Gwynn Garcia, man. It was just one of those things where it's tradition. It's part of the show. And and, and I think with the fans, it's it's the passion that marks everything and has it for generations now. All right. Now, let me let me get you this right here. So people can say, that, oh, Adrian hates this team. I got highlights from Fox Deportes of Adrian calling home runs. For both teams, all right. But don't don't <laughs> tell me that he favors what more. So if you've never heard a Spanish call, now I'm also one of the biggest haters on Spanish announcers, and I'm gonna say this because most Spanish announcers think they're calling soccer and it's like, oh, home run, home run, home run. Calm down. Adrian is legit. Grew up in San Diego, played JUCO ball, plays with college ball, knows what's up, and his flavor is the best. So I always say he's probably the best one out there, English or Spanish. Not because he's on the podcast uh, and he buys tequila, but because he really is. All right, here's Adrian. Calling a home run of Freddie Freeman on Fox Deportes during the World Series. Suelta el de Palenque, República Dominicana, y Freddie Freeman con Llanoso. Vuela la pelota. ¡Ayo! Tablazo de Freddie Freeman. Libera su swing. Y sí, se convierte en Freddie Krueger. Freeman aquí. Freddy Krueger. <laughs> that it was Halloween, day. man. It was Halloween. Hey, man, I want to I, I ask you that. I want to ask you that. Does that just come, obviously, experience, but, like, do you – obviously, you don't know you're going to say that, but, like, you come up with the with the coolest nicknames for all these athletes, you know, like Kobe Bryant, El Macho, you know, for for uh, uh, Justin Herbert, you know, El Principe Azul. Like, <laughs> do you sit there like, what am I going to call these guys? Or, like, does it just, like, click right away? It, it, it's part of the flow, Rick, you know, it, and it's kind of like with, you know, like when you bring up Kobe, you know, um, that was one of like the cool moments I had with him when, when I talked to him. Hey, man, you know, what? Eh, macho, papa, the alpha male, because like, you see guys in the NBA come up to Kobe like he's the alpha. Right. So therefore, there's the macho um, sitting at home, you know, thinking about these things. No, there's times where you're kind of like fans or even players will be like hey man where's mine i'm like it's got to come to me man it's part of the force it's part of the energy and it'll 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 show up you know in the wash if you will and that's exactly kind of how it happens you know and in those moments half of the time rick i don't really know que me salió la pendejada, you know like it'll just come out <laughs> and there's been some stupid stuff that i've said so some stick some don't but it's just part of the flow and having fun with it you know and i think that's at the end of the day that's that's what i do man have fun with it to me, to me, the Kobe Bryant one is the best one, dude. Like, it just, what's, what better, what's, a, I mean, I know it's the Mamba, the Black Mamba, but El Macho is, like, the perfect way to, to describe that guy. Yeah. And it just, the way you, you would, you would uh, say his, you know, when you were announcing the Laker games and El Macho, you know, like, it was like, damn, that's, that's dope. You know, I wish I had that nickname. <laughs> that's the thing. And Adrian obviously called the Lakers, how many years? Five seasons you did? And six, six, six man, seasons we were there for six. We're going to get into that, too. Golden. We're going to get into the basketball, well, everything he's done in his career. But uh, right now, keep it with the baseball member. He's a hater. So he hates the Braves right now, right? Because, uh, or no, uh, the Freddie Freeman, he hates the Astros. Now, the Braves yeah. fans heard this call and were like, oh, now he hates us, too. Ready for this one. It didn't be here. Soler la prende. Vuela la pelota. Jordan Alvarez no la atrapa. Va, va, pelota. 
3 a 2 Arriba los bravos Con un macanazo bravo De Jorge Soler Soler Power Soler you know Power Going back Going back to, to Ricky's point in that moment, I almost was tempted. I swear, I was almost tempted to sing like Lord, man. You know how she has that song and it's so but I can't do that. I don't have her voice, man. But it, I was hearing her in my head. That's what I'm saying, man. It's part of the craziness that I get caught up in the emotion. And, and we're going back to that, to the Laker days example. You know, just like when somebody asked me, how do you do that? It's I plug into the energy, talking to Macho. It's like, hey, man, I'm going to feed off of your energy. So it's always going to be. You know, that's where I think it happens, guys. You know, the fans for the Astros think I'm rooting for the Astros when the Astros are at home because the energy's at home. Same thing happened in Atlanta. You feel the energy. So it's it's for the Braves. But honestly, it's it's whoever does the work and electrifies me and, and, and gets the energy going. That's where the juice is going, man. So it, it's, this, Rick. it's having uh, fun with it. Yeah, Ricky, yeah. now that you're working in broadcast, you're going to start meeting people in the business who you're like, like, Adrian, genuine, really good. And other people who are so cheesy and so forced were, and I'm not going to say any names, but I'll tell you afterwards, where you see that they walk in and they have like their catchphrase written down and they're going to say, and like, you know, oh, and they win this. And it's like, and then, and then today they blah, blah, blah. Like, come on, man. Don't, like, you just got to let it happen and flow. And that, that's when it sounds more genuine. That's, that's the one thing that I appreciate. It's the passion. Again, Adrian grew up around baseball. He loves baseball. He loves watching a good game. So he's not rooting for one or the other team. Unless it was the Padres, then they, I feel like it, I feel like. Hey, Padres don't sell me out now, Ricky. Don't sell me. Out. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but good news, man. Good news. Bob Melvin's taking over. That's love all it. I'm saying. I love it. I love that me pickup, too. man. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a great. I mean, when I think when you and I'm sure you would agree when you think what he's done in Oakland with those teams that are, you know, they they don't go out there and spend big money or bring in big players. Now he's coming into a team that's like. It's pretty much right there. Let's just get this team together and get them get them rolling. And you know what? The NL West is going to be so much better when the San Diego Padres are are competing with the Los Angeles Dodgers. I feel like you know. Well, because and, the Dodger yeah. fans are always worried about Padres. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Right. No. You know. It's. it's Wait. No. No. Adrian, for real. Thing. You know who, this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Who talks more about the yeah. Padres than the Padres? The Dodger fans do. They're always like, "Oh, they're our little brother. Oh, this is that." Like, why are you worried about people that are behind you fifteen games? It's like, oh, we flipped them. Who cares? You're supposed to no, be no, there. You're the doctor. Mind, though, keep in mind, let, let's rectify this real quick. It was one third of the season, the final third of the season, where the Padres kind of just, you know, stalled. They choked yeah. at the end. And it happens in baseball. It just things didn't work out. And that's why I think that's what was the missing piece is, is a general like Bob Melvin yeah. to kind of make sure that that doesn't happen at the end. Because, I mean, you have a talented squad. Yeah. I think there were a lot of questions as far as pitching. Obviously, no team had more injuries to key players than the Padres did over this last summer. So there was a lot to be said as to why they derailed and why the Braves. Look, look at the Braves, man. They only won 88 games and snuck into the dance. And look at the damage that they've done. So in the end, it's who gets hot at the end and look at the cardinals they reeled off that winning streak boom get out of my way padres and when the padres were kind of stalling that's when it happened but i think back to ricky's point i love bob melvin that hire because of everything he's done you took take those six uh postseasons that he led the oakland A's to three division titles a guy who's been a scout a guy who's been a bench coach a guy who's even been assistant gm so he's done it at every level and has had success and i like that he said you know that that might be his last stop, and even he brought up, you know, the Padres are are, are that like uh, this close, exactly like you were saying, Ricky. They're not far off. It was just to close out the season a little bit stronger. 
three games extra, three extra wins, two, three more wins, and we're not having this conversation where the Padres, you know, end up flaming out. But that's exactly what the case is. You got to play ball all the way through. They have probably the best left side of the infield in baseball and uh, in Machado and, and Tatis. So, and, you know, obviously the, the health for Tatis is going to be important because, man, when he's on the field, he's electric. It, that's the one guy that you literally – you drop everything and you – if he's at, if he's hitting, you, you literally just sit there and you watch. Like that's the one guy I will – like if I'm like doing something and he's coming up to the plate, it's one of those guys you literally have to – have to just watch because so much fun. you just never know what he's gonna do, and I think that's that's what makes him so special. So I, I, I'm looking forward to it too, man. I hope I hope uh, Bob Melvin brings that team back, and again, it just makes the NL West Look, that much better. Bob Melvin, yeah. Bob Melvin can win in Oakland with those the worst facilities in all of baseball. Then he can imagine we can do a Petco and right there we get some real tacos, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man, you gotta go and hold on now. Right across right field, I can't say the name of the place, or can I? Yeah, go ahead. What they, they don't pay me? Lolitas. All you got to do is when you get to Petco, you go to Lolitas Taco Shop. It's just past right field on the other side of Petco. Get yourself that carne asada burrito supreme. I guarantee you there's no turning back. And back to Billy Bean. In fact, when I started with the Oakland A's, you know, it, it was funny because I told him I was from San Diego. I introduced myself back in 2000 and Jim Ocoso getting there to, to spring training in Arizona. And I hit up Billy Bean, like, you know, because yes, I have his bird, Ricky, you know how I go, man. And I go and introduce myself. No le tengo miedo a nada. I wasn't afraid of it. So I hit him up. And then he goes, oh, so you're from San Diego? I go, yes, sir, just like you. And he goes, all right, I'm prove it to me. What's the best burrito in all the world or whatever? And I said, oh, Roberto's burritos. And he just gave me a little fist bump. He knew exactly what I was talking about. Those burritos in San Diego are off the chain. There's no other place on earth that has better burritos than Roberto's at the time. But Lolita's, I think, has now taken over. So if fans, you guys go to Petco before you get into the park. I know the food is good at Petco, but get to Lolita's right. Just past right field. It's right there on the corner. Down it with some roll tacos. Mira, entras gordito, ready to go with the cervecitas. <laughs> I've always walked by Lolita's in the times that I've been there. And we only played there once in my career, but I still, I've never been there. I've never been there. Uh, you got to try it, man. I'm telling you. There's no My dad, my dad no drove, he's a truck driver. My, my dad's a truck driver, and he drives there back and forth, back and forth, and he's always delivering at Lolita's, and he's like, dude, this place is good, man. You need to try it out. Yeah. Hey, Rick, what's the name of that bar where your jersey's hanging up in San Diego? No idea. You're the one that sent it to me. Yeah. There's a there's a bar in the gas lamp, uh, Ace will tell us, where we walked in there. Ricky's dad commutes every day from L.A. down to San Diego, and he delivers. He's a truck driver. And there's a mm-hmm. jersey, if you just a random ass Romero jersey in some bar yeah. in the gas line. It's right next to Bubs. It's right next to right around the corner from there. And you just walk in, and you're like, "What the hell's a Romero jersey in there?" He's like, "That's my, my dad. He delivered there." So it's a uh, the, all the Brother, things to find representing, out. Man. Hell representing man, representing man, orgullo de Roosevelt. There it is. Uh, all right, now, hey, hey, don't sell me out, bro. Garfield, Garfield okay, too. Okay, yeah, well, oh. hey, both either, of them, both of them. That's why. That's, <laughs> hey, that's why the camp is for both schools. You know. <laughs> Um, we got we got a good friend Razo who's always giving me shit. He's like, bro, you you went to Roosevelt for one year, man. You're a bulldog for life. You're you're three years. I'm like, bro, let it go, man. Cut the cord already. <laughs> oh yeah, can you tell me that's Ricky? If I'm not mistaken, you have like only one loss that year, no? Like when you coming out of like your senior year, like twelve and one, thirteen and one, coming out of high school. Yeah, I, I lost like the grupo. Eh? I I lost the last the last game in the playoffs. You didn't lose your team uh-huh. loss. Forget that. They messed it up. 
Uh, now, okay, now, also, when Adrian is calling a, a strikeout, his signature call is, siéntate, sit down. It's not him making fun of anybody. It just so happens the passion comes out. And here's what a siéntate montage sounds like. <laughs> Suelta. Siéntate. Retratado. Sin sonrisa. Dos, dos y dos con tío de cuacuacs. Suelta. Siéntate. Los tres outs vía chocolate. Bate que bate el chocolate para comenzar en el Minime Park. Vamos a ver muchas perlas, muchachos, cuando mudemos a Atlanta, ¿eh? <risa> Siéntate. Cuatro. Hola, hola. ¿Did you drop a bate que bate? Yeah. <risa> bate que bate el chocolate. Yes, sir. <risa> Telling you, man, I say a lot of stupid stuff, man. It comes out. Yeah, and and I think that's what you like. You appreciate the most, like yeah. the passion of it. You know, again, a, guy, a baseball guy getting to watch, you know, the most beautiful game, you know, live, and and he gets to bring it into your ears. And 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 as a fan, when you're watching that, I feel like it hypes you up too. You're like, whoa, like yeah, like you're like yeah, you know. So I, I think that's like that's that's cool, man. I mean, I shoot. I wish. You would have called some of my games, man. Toronto. <laughs> Damn, man. Imagine Toronto, they go crazy out there with that. Now, Adrian, hey, where, where can <clears throat> your, your games are Fox Deportes? You can hear that yeah. in the United States, just to make sure. Yeah, yeah, United States. And you know what? It's crazy. We've been getting people, I don't know how they do it. Obviously, there's ways from Qatar, somewhere in South America. A lot of places in South America have been checking in all over the world, man. I don't know what, what they're doing, how they're getting that signal. Those sticks are genius. I don't know, but somehow, some way, people are uh, are tuning in, man. So we, we appreciate the, the energy coming from all over Earth, man. Are you in like Mexico, Latin America too, or is that a different broadcast? No, now with Mexico, I think that's where it's, uh, I mean, there are people in Mexico saying that they're watching our broadcast. I know that there's people in Sonora, for example, that they check in all the time and they're watching our broadcast again. I don't know how they do it right. uh, because we do have Fox Sports Mexico that generally covers that zone okay. and, 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 and so that whole country. It's, so. it's the U.S. audience is listening to you. That's awesome. That's awesome. I just want to get yeah, you. I, yeah, the U.S. audience is our main audience. I have a question for you, Adrian. And, and you do, obviously, you do football, you do baseball, you've done boxing. How do you transition energy from sport to sport? Because obviously football is different, right? I mean, there's yeah. a, there's a play, there's a running play. You can't like absolutely go crazy over that, you know? Like, how do you transition the energy from like sport to sport from all the sports that you've ever called? You know, it comes down to the preparation, obviously, the respect for the uh, the tradition of how you call. You know, for example, football as opposed to baseball, the rhythms are different. Obviously, soccer as well is it's just each one i try to respect each sport and the essence of each sport and i prepare accordingly and and i try to just kind of um stay in my lane as the great poet lavar ball says right you know you stay in your lane you just kind of you kind of just want to do what you do and, and 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 just respect the energy from the past and bring in a little sprinkle from the from right now and what you're trying to do and add to the table so i think that that's pretty much how i go about it try to respect the uh what's already been established if you will with the way you're supposed to call football and what type of energy and then each of us has a different way of doing it but i respect the lines and i respect the traditions of each sport and you as an announcer do you do you do you get to go down to the field and kind of build a relationship with certain guys and try and get like pick their brains a little bit and and maybe take notes of that and, and take it with you to the booth 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's part of it. You know, when I get a chance to go down there, be down on the field, I know, for example, right now, World Series and COVID days has changed that quite a bit. You know, just the access. Now you got to kind of check with the team. So we have our guy, Carlos Alvarez, who's our sideline reporter. He's the one that has to get approved through Major League Baseball, through the club and the clubhouse and the PR person. And then they hit up our PR person and they're like, OK, it's going to be Jorge Soler in pregame. In the past, though, I've always had that. You know, I've done it at Lakers. I do it at Chargers. I, I've done it. I'll hit these guys up. Beto knows, man. Beto has seen both of us are the same in that in that aspect, man. We're fearless. We don't it, it, going back to Kobe, for example, you know, just hey, you know, when I remember one afternoon, I told him, hey, papa, si te meten un chingazo, you're going to bleed too. So why should I be afraid to talk to you? Why should people be afraid to come and hit up his eminencia? I got something to ask, you know, so it goes for all the athletes and all the players. And I think that I, I've been able to connect with the athletes because of that, because they see I'm not coming in here kissing ass. I'm not in there trying to be like, mm -hmm. ah, mira, que grande eres, me hablas, me platicas. No, you know, like I, I treat them normal. And I think they pick up on that. And then obviously ask them questions, get information, extract some juice. And obviously I'm going to take that to the air. There are things though that I can pick up on or I see and I respect lines. I'm, a, I'm very much a code guy in sports as well. So having been an athlete, you know, having played three sports, there's codes that you got to follow. And especially as you get older and you go through the different ranges of the sports, yep. there are even more codes, unwritten rules. And I, I'm a big, big, but a huge follower of the code and the unwritten rule. And I think that's that's the key um, for me being a former big leaguer and, and dealing with the media is when the media treats you as just normal. Like, hey, what's up, man? Like, and you build that relationship with them. Like, I've told Beto, I, I maintain such good relationships with the media there now because of the relationships that I had when I was playing. Like, it was like, you treat me as a normal person. Cool. If you're like kind of shaking in your boots a little bit and and don't know what to say or. Yeah. And, and I also don't like the media who I've always said this, who asked the question and then turns around and they just have the mic in your mouth. You know, like that to me, I was always God, man, I like like I'd always be like, what the look me in the eye, like, like yeah, look me in the eye. Like I, I, I don't consider myself superior to anybody. I never will. I never, I never did when I played. It was just like just friend to friend, eye to eye. Let's go, you know. And and if you build a relationship with the media, cool. If not, no big deal. You keep it professional. Yeah. But um, a lot of the media, I feel like sometimes they, they, you, you can tell who tries to be super, super buddy buddy with you, and who's like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna go and. I'm going to ask you the tough questions, and and, and you respect that. Yeah, like I've told you in the past, some of these guys were the biggest nerds ever who cannot make a left-handed layup. They can't throw a ball. They can't swing it. And it's I'm not saying that I was, but I'm just at the end of the day, just because you can write about it doesn't mean you know how to do it. Adrian mm -hmm. thought he was going to be uh, Moses Moreno at the Chargers, right? You, you thought you were going to take over his job? Look at you, dude. What, what are you doing, <laughs> brother? You're trying <laughs> oh, right? Yeah, man. It was you wanted to be the Chargers quarterback and then play center field for the yeah, Padres. Right. Damn right. That and it was something that had told, you know, may he rest in peace, Don Jack White, who inspired me from sixth grade to to follow the dream of going into broadcasting. You know, we used to do the news in, in my at Barry Elementary School there in San Diego. And uh, our our sixth grade teacher used to do something really cool, Mrs. Cheryl, my favorite teacher of all time. She would always have us do the news. Um, you know, like we had different news teams, and Jack White came into the into our classroom one day and I told him, hey. I'm going to do this, but first, either I'm going to be the first Mexican on Saturday Night Live or I'm going to be the first Mexican on SportsCenter. But first, I'm going to play center field for the Potters. I could play next to Tony Gwynn for a couple of years, and I'm going to be the, <laughs> the quarterback of the Chargers. Hopefully, I grow it <laughs> enough and stay all chaparrito, you know. But uh, 
it didn't work out. I didn't I didn't get past that five ten. So it, the the dream to play quarterback had to just remain an Uncle Rico kind of dream. <laughs> well, uh, for you, you, you know, you obviously you grew up in San Diego. How special was it to see Tony Gwynn play? I mean, every day. Wow. I was I was going, I was still I was at that age where where I knew what he was able to do. I didn't I didn't have the baseball mind that I have now where I would like sit there and be like, whoa, like I'm 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 watching greatness every single day. How was it for you getting to watch greatness every single day? It, it, it was a beautiful thing. You know, KUSI, thank you very much. Channel 51 always gave us our, our, our Padre games and I would literally get out of school, get out of practice, do whatever Padres are on. So then I would just jump to the tele. My mom would make me a little spaghetti, mi lechita, vamos, and watch Tony Gwynn. And, and it was just um, growing up good for two knocks, three knocks, every single game, every single game, his approach to hitting, going to the 5.5 holes. And, and then obviously I worked my ass off with my dad. My dad had doctor had a, a cleaning service. So we cleaned doctor's offices and stuff. And I had to clean offices with my dad so I can earn enough so he can send me to the Tony Gwynn School of Baseball. Because that was the biggest deal for me to get to that school, that academy, when I was like in eighth grade. And I went there and got to learn from Tony Gwynn, got to learn from Brent Strom. Now I watch Brent Strom over here, the pitching coach, but he was there coaching us as little kids when I was in eighth grade, man, in San Diego. And they just had a really great system. And it was all based on Tony Gwynn's knowledge and how to kind of share that with the kids and throwing the knob at the baseball and and it just grew on me and i try to emulate everything that tony quinn did as a hitter growing up and and through you know high school and all that and that's why i think my specialty became going opposite field in the right center i'd rake doubles because of that approach i'd throw the knob through the ball Vamos a, a, a without trying to hit bomb just trying to get on base and hit line drives and it how was you, just the tony quinn school of baseball how do you think tony Gwynn would fare in today's analytical world <laughs> well, you know what? I think Tony Gwynn kind of introduced, at least he was the first one that I knew of that was grabbing his VHS, had a VHS monitor in the clubhouse, and he would go back and rewind, check out his at-bat from the previous turn, and make the adjustments in the next A-B. So I think T. Gwynn would have been a master with analytics, but also would balance like the good managers that you see now, balance both things together, because it's not all about the shit. Honestly, man, I, I don't I'm a traditionalist in that sense. I don't like to see the shifts. Imagine the shift against Joe DiMaggio back in the day that we'd never have that 56-game hitting streak. Uh, the, all those things would go out the window, historic stuff that we've seen in baseball. So I think over-analytics is kind of killing it. So I think guys like Tony Gwynn would have found the balance to bring in the analytics, but also leave baseball as baseball. That's the key word, balance. And we've talked about this, Beto. I mean, if you if you're saying that you know Dusty Baker and and Snitker are not using analytics, you're full of shit. They are, you know that every every team every team is. But like you said, it's the balance. And and I feel like the, right now we're seeing the teams that are successful are the ones that are able to balance it out. And uh, and it, to me, the I'm, I'm like you, Adrian. I'm, I'm a traditionalist, but I also like you know you you also have to be able to adapt to to what's going on now and and that's yep. just the way the game is you know but if you you're, if if you're sitting there like and we hear plenty of guys on TV who sit there and just bash it and bash it and bash it and it's like bro yeah. like enough bro like yeah. get it yeah well that's what they do in Spanish TV all they do is hate <laughs> I, mean, I don't know I just all I hear the soccer people all they do is hate everything in soccer right the Spanish TV 
Yeah, that's that's a different beast, and I think it comes down to who the who the guys are, you know, and their style. You know, a lot of them you see it. People love that they're that controversial and that they're always hating things because, you know, there will be a moment where they actually like something. It's kind of like, mm, Mikey likes it, you know. It's, it's, <laughs> so <laughs> it's part of it, you know. It's part. And of I remember it. when and, when I did a few of the games in Vancouver as a color guy. That, that's the one thing the the group chat told me. They're like, Ricky, make sure you're not that guy that's just sitting there. Uh, you're the old school veteran guy that's just bashing today's game. Instead, make the people understand what's going on. You've you've lived it. You know what it's like to be sixty feet six inches at that level. Now, just take 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 us into the mind of the pitcher. Take us into the mind of what he's trying to do. The hitter. Take us into the mind. I was like, the last thing I ever want to do is talk hitting because I wasn't a hitter. You know, I, like I don't want to say, oh yeah, like you know what what is he doing there or like you know you have to be able to move the runner over. When, when you say that, it's like, dude, I'm sure the hitter's trying to move the runner over. Like, God, Lee, yeah. it's not easy the guy throwing 96 and that ball is moving, you know? It's <laughs> major league baseball. Adrian, you know? Let me give you this. Adrian, let me give you this one. So right. you step in the box. You played college baseball. You know how hard it is. Right now, you, do you think you could get a bunt down against a big leaguer? Hell no. Hell no. No way. So when people are like, oh, just drop a bunt. There's nobody there. Like, you know how hard it is to do that? And I know that's that's one of my pet peeves in, in, in this industry, especially like you said, in, in Spanish language TV in particular, because you don't normally have a lot of guys that are ex-major leaguers that go into the boot. So you have a lot of guys that are journalists that become analysts and they want to, you know, kind of break it down. It annoys the crap out of me like nothing else when guys pose as somebody that might have played ball or because they were on JV somewhere in some country back in the day and all of a sudden they know exactly what the guy's approach should have been in that at bat and then they question things that happen on the field they question a manager now for me I try to be very very careful when I have to bring up that information without questioning the hitter without questioning the pitcher without questioning the management uh, the manager's decision excuse me so all of those things, I think, go out the window for a lot of guys where they just try to pose and pretend because they think that that's their role is to pretend to have, you know, make it sound like you played and grabbing a bat and, you know, doing a, a promo on TV. Como que fuiste kawaii, like, no, stop. You know, that's why I'll bring up this point. You know, like there's there's a lot of guys that are really good about just analyzing the game. And leaving it at that and letting the fan kind of decipher a little bit and kind of figure out what it is that's happening. And like you said, Ricky, it's about giving them and presenting the information and doing it in a way where it's e easily digestible for the casual fan as well as the analytic type fan. You know, so just stay away from pretending like you played ball. Just please not. No, hagas esa pendejada que, ah, no yo lo hubiera ganado. Like, dude, wait a minute. Tú nunca jugaste. Tú tenías guante, and, and, you, and you hear that a lot, um, which is why I can't stand like friends of mine invite me to go watch Niner games at a bar. And I'm like, no, thanks. Like, I don't want to hear fans say he should have caught that or why didn't he throw that? He was wide open. And it's like, motherfucker, you know how how hard like those, those <laughs> linemen are coming out fast. And those right, guys are right? in slow motion, you know, when, they're, when they slow down the replay and it's like super slow, like. Those dudes are coming in, and you know, I mean, you call football games, and you picture a Bosa yeah. coming at you. He gets in there quick, and you have two seconds to react. Mira, that's why they, there's that saying, man. All the Monday morning quarterbacks are in the Hall of Fame. You know, it's it's easy. <laughs> it's easy to, to, to kind of sit there and think that, oh, man, he should have hit that receiver over the middle, man. The pressure wasn't that bad. He was 
Are you kidding me? That's Von Miller coming at you. A ver, tú quédate ahí parado and see what happens. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's uh, or, or like Mr. Boxing Guru who just jumped into the chat right now. <laughs> you know, Guru can throw amazing jabs from the couch. But no, 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 no. Uh, all right. So uh, I know, Adrian, you got to get back to your notes. You got to get ready for the game tonight. Um, if everybody wants to follow Adrian, make sure you guys, uh, Adrian Garcia, M R G Z. Whatever you guys need, I'll stick around. I, 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 no, we don't. We, we got also we got to save your voice, voice today, man. man. Adrian yeah. Garcia, M R Q Z. in you and 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 be ready for tonight, bro. Yeah. What's that? I said you got to get that tecito, the little test, <laughs> so that little honey, so yeah. that, that voice in the roll tonight. Do you? Hey, uh, I pass it along to everybody that is listening right now. There's this magic tea you can get it at all those health food stores called Throat Coat. My boy Rodolfo Landeros introduced me to this, and it's magic. Like literally, if you feel a little bit like Ricky, now that you're a broadcaster, Papa, you got to graduate into Throat Coat. Just get yourself that tea, drop it in there, couple sips, and, and you're singing. They like make Pavarotti. a spray too. They make a spray at Whole Foods. They have it. Oh, they have it now? Yeah, they have a spray. Uh, no, I, I got it from Sprouts, not Whole Foods. It's a spray. You get yeah. it right here. Because I used to have the Ricola. I used to take it with me mm. and just chew that yeah. between innings. But now I got the spray. Just to... Oh, perfect. Yeah. It doesn't work. but it, it looks good on Instagram, <laughs> but it doesn't work for the voice for me. But it looks amazing. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm a professional. Uh, what's it called? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, if you guys want to follow Adrian Garcia, MRQZ, Twitter and Instagram, and he gives shout outs throughout the game. Uh, and Adrian, you keep sending the shout out to our good friend, uh, Forrest Contreras, Ace Contreras, Anthony of yes. SoCal, but he's no longer a baseball fan. He's not longer a sports fan, so you can't shout him out anymore. He doesn't watch sports what? anymore. The Ace of SoCal is it's no longer. It's, I, I've seen him. Es que ya está casadito, and now he's like doing things and pumpkin patches, and he's not. He has no he's time like, for baseball anymore, he's, right? He's, he's hanging out at Hello Kitty, like uh, restaurant. <laughs> We've seen him, did Forrest. Oh yeah, but I'm let's tell him why. Why do we call him Forrest? Because Salento, like Forrest Gump, you know how Forrest Gump's and everything. <laughs> That's our boy Ace, man. <laughs> that that used to be him. I admire him for that. <clears throat> yeah, okay. yeah. He, he it was good. Run, it was good run for like. Look, it's Canelo Fight Week. Normally, he'd be there for the grand arrivals. You know, his grand arrival. He's not going to be there. He's not even going to the fight. No. Oh my goodness. I mean, yeah, he doesn't watch when the Cubs won the World Series. Those are well revés. He doesn't watch um, sports. I, it's my birthday on Saturday. We, I was like, I even told the guys, I'm in two months in advance. I was like, hey, I'm gonna be in Vegas. Canelo happened to be fighting that day, and I was like, let's roll. And he's like, nah, bro, I, I can't, I can't. So, <laughs> not, yeah. not even thinking about it. Just more like, no, no. Um, what's it called? Uh, oh, finally, before we go, Adrian, you grew up in San Diego, Tijuana border. Did you play yep. in those leagues in Tijuana like Ricky did? Hell yeah. Amarillos, Estuco, Azteca's my favorite team all time. Uh, we were a bunch of pochitos, man. There was a bunch of us that were all from San Diego. And I know they hated on us because we would whoop ass every Sunday from one to nine. All of us can rake and everybody there. I mean, we were just a bunch of, of uh, I, I just really enjoyed that area of San Diego. So rich in talent. I mean, you guys have seen at the big league level with Adrian Gonzalez's arrival. But first it started with Benji Gill. Once Benji Gill got discovered, and it opened up the floodgates for all the scouts down there in the San Diego, Tijuana area, South San Diego in particular for high school. It was so competitive. The Metro Conference was nuts, man. It was just like Grupo de la Muerte style World Cup, but it was straight up Metro Conference. We had Loaiza, we had uh, Jose Silva. I'm sure you've run into all these guys along the way that got to the big leagues. Obviously, Oscar Robles was a hell of a ball player in the area. Edgar Gonzalez, my, my, my co-host here or my co-announcer for Fox Deportes. 
And it was just an area rich in talent. I know I'm forgetting quite a few names. A lot of guys that kind of, you know, weren't able to get through the systems uh, moving up that were ultra talented, maybe an injury derailed them. I know, my, for example, my boy, Birdie Bird Rodriguez, one of the best hitters I've ever seen in my life. And he was able to get to Saraperos and then a couple of injuries. And yeah, it, it just a hotbed of talent and never surprised me as to why the scouts just flock to the area. Because if you want to find a good pelotero, pochito or not, we're there in South San Diego and into Tijuana and some damn good baseball being played from, from TJ to Tecate, man. These guys didn't believe me when I told them I played in the Liga Municipal. My grandpa in his living room has the, the picture, the team picture where I, we were La Piratas and our team yeah. was terrible, but I go every weekend and try and help them either on the mound or, or, or hitting if that's what you want to call it. But I went out there, dude, it was, it was awesome. Like we, we, it, it I, was, because I always tell these guys, the, you always used to have a double header, and then they had a torta uh, where you get tortas in between games. The tortas, baby. Play. Yeah, and then you get a torta, boom, <laughs> play second game. <laughs> yeah, you get those tortas in the in that little like sweaty paper. Yeah. And then after the game, you go to the tacos across the street, and then you like add like maybe because remember now we're all young, but we eat about fifteen tacos. And cuántos fueron, compa? Cuatro, jefe. <laughs> that's the one thing always about tj you sit there and you eat you eat you eat and it's they, they want you to be honest obviously at the end they're like hey fueron? Uh, fueron siete. okay boom vamos. like yeah. they never were like right here where they like oh here's cinco four, yeah three, yeah it, it was the honor system but there was time bro i was broke man i was my mom kicked me out at 18 i was living on my own yeah at that point and I had I had to live off ninety nine cent jumbo jacks, man. So I had to kind of alter the the final rate there with the tacos. I respect the hustle, man. <laughs> <laughs> so when heard, like when we yeah, you, you want tips on being a drive through warrior, I got you, man. Like I'll get that. Remember back in the day when those ninety nine cent jumbo jacks were in effect, or the ninety nine cent big deals, I would always add or ask for extra lettuce and extra tomatoes and ranch. Then I'd knock off the lettuce, knock off the tomatoes. You have to have salad and a burger for ninety nine cents. <laughs> Look at you, man. <laughs> the junior college struggle right there. The Juco struggle. That's why um, when we had Sergio Romo on, he was talking about how living in uh in El Centro and, uh, and Brawley in that area right there, going across the plane in Mexicali, and just he's like, you know, you think you're a badass at 14, all of a sudden you're facing grown ass men drinking beer in the dugout. You ain't you can't yeah. throw shit to them. They they see your fastball that I hell no, get out of here. It makes you grow up no. quick. We had a guy. We had a guy in the San Diego Independent League. Man, it was the first time I saw true cheese. I was like 14, eighth grade, ninth grade, just jugando con los veteranos caballetes, right? And I was, you know, I thought I was holding my own swing. Remember, I just, I was fresh out of Tony Gwynn School of Baseball. I was ready to rake. And then I saw this dude named Juan Eichelberger. Holy crap, man! That ball just left his hand like just. Either can go Canico, like what? Juan Eichelberger, man. Wow, he played in big leagues, right? Yeah, he played for the, I think it was the A's and the Padres. His his son played at Kelsey Fullerton. Come on. Oh yeah. 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 All right. Jared Eichelberg. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Don Juan was a old school badass brother. He came in and he wasn't messing around with no kids. He was just like sitting us all down. And in fact, that's where the siente comes from, guys. Like, I'm gonna give a shout out to my boys when we be playing wiffle ball in some park there in Chula Vista, California. That's where the siente that comes from. And I brought it with me to the broadcast booth as a shout out to my boys, all the guys that I grew up with playing wiffle ball with in those parks. My boy Birdie Bird, my boy Yoyo in particular, and, and my man Junior, my compadre. 
we'd all just mess around, but I just took out one word because it was always one extra word. Siéntate pendejo. You know, it was like, and it was just throwing some cheese, boom, los de cabaza. <laughs> and that's where it that's came from, man. It, it's it's from there. Great. Just don't ever let the pendejo slip out on TV. No, no, no. I, it's, it's, it's been deleted forever, man. I just keep the siéntate and add the little flavor to it. That's all. But it's a shout out. That siéntate is a shout out to all my boys. I always say it. I mean, I always tell um, everyone what, what made me the player like have just they used my dad used to call it para que te pongas como navaja. He used to say that come play Sunday league so that you can be razor sharp. So I told him I turned 14, 15. They actually made like a fake credential that made me older because I was still young so mm -hmm. that I can play. So I'd go there and I and I'd pitch. And I pitch. They just here you go. They fed me to the wolves and here, figure it out. Nobody, no pitching coach, no pitch counts. Just go out there, figure it out. And most of the time I was successful, but I learned how to be a bad motherfucker on that mound. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, let's go. You, know, I, you I, do it like I, I, one summer ball, and I, I don't think I've ever told the story. One summer, uh, I was at Cal State Fullerton already after my freshman year. I got sent to Northern Ohio. And things didn't things didn't work out. And I ended up leaving early and I came home and I and I called the Cal State Fullerton coaches and I said, Hey, I'm gonna go play Sunday League because I haven't had enough innings this summer. I'm gonna go play Sunday League for my dad's team. I hope you guys are okay with it. And they're like, Go ahead, dude. I went there and I got ready. Boom, led to my sophomore year, all American, national champ, team USA. The rest is history. Come on. Nice. Yeah. Come it on. does. Finished. It's because it's I, damn I started good baseball. Summer. I started my summer in Northern Ohio. Prospect in the great, great lakes league, <clears throat> and I ended my summer playing Sunday league at Belvedere Park in East LA. Come on, it's awesome! It's awesome. Yeah. You know, that, that Belvedere Park, I love the story. The old school, the first real true OGs, the Choriceros. I'm sure yep. you've heard the story of the legends, right? The Choriceros, yep. and and yep. it was that first group of, of, of Chicanos, Mexican Americans that were just establishing their presence in Southern California. And then eventually you have your first guys to go to UCLA, your first guys to get drafted uh, to the Baltimore Orioles. If I'm not mistaken, that was the first club to pick up a couple of choriceros. And I think that all of Southern California from, from Los Angeles all the way down to Ensenada, guys, I, I, I'm going that far. There's some damn good baseball being played and so many damn good players that just never got into big league baseball. There's a, a, a probably the best shortstop I've ever seen in my life. And And this is saying something because I've seen quite a few, but there was this guy named Ramon Pacheco, played in Tijuana. Holy smokes, talk about Ozzy Smith smooth. And I never understood why he never got to big league baseball. And guys like Oscar Robles, who were also badass, and Adrian Gonzalez, as I mentioned, Adrian, for example, you're talking about being a little kid. I remember seeing Adrian at 13 years old going up there and just mashing against Caballetas already throwing 90 plus in the TJ leagues, man. So it, it's just... It does make you better. And like you said, Ricky, it also adds character to your game because you have to deal with these borrachillos that used to be ballers in the Mexican league and they'll just, they'll throw at you. They're, you're trying to hug the play. You're trying to get in on you. And de repente te, te dan una cachetada with a fastball. One, the one thing about my dad was like, he was always like, no tengas miedo. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. I don't want you to be scared on that mound. And I, dude, I'd, I'd go after these guys and attack. I strike them out and it would, Like to the point where they're like pissed off. They, I'm a young Morillo, and and these guys wouldn't want to talk to me after the game, you know, because I either yeah. struck them out, or dominated the game. I never really got hit around that bad because I again I had, you know, the presence and here here you go, you're not gonna hit my shit, you know, and and, and 
like it, it just yeah it it kind of like you said it, it just <clears> built <throat> my mindset into a different state of where like i've been here you know like college baseball yeah okay i can handle this you know and and obviously there's little bumps along the way that that go through when i was at cal state fullerton whatever but that summer i finished my season um in summer leagues you think you're better oh there's the picture yeah. hold on rick let me see here nice look at this all right there it is La liga tijuana municipal yeah. yeah see i was amateur Liga Amateur was was the arch nemesis league of Municipal. That's the amateur. That's where I was at, man. So, in TJ, that's that's some damn good good pelota, man. But let me let me tell you guys this now. On the flip side, so back in the day, Mr. Young Buck, I contra Juan Ipecoberg. Now let's go to the future. Now major in the broadcaster. I'm working at Telemundo, and a buddy of mine invites me out to play in the Mike Brito League uh, out there. And I think we we're at Cal State Dominguez Hills in that area where we were playing ball. And I'm like, you know. And the, and the manager's like, hey, I heard you caught. You know, you want to catch? And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll catch. I'm like, damn, I hadn't caught in a long time, but all right, I'll do it. Hey, but And he goes, I'm going to bat you third. I go, no, jefe, bateme de septimo octavo. I haven't seen a live fastball in years. You know, I guess I'm a dad now. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to hit. Well, anyway, I get to that first A-B, right? And I see this kid, and, and he's being Ricky Rowe, right? Mocoso ahí, trying to throw hummers, and he was throwing gas. And... What I did notice was he had his girlfriend there sitting in the first row. So estaba tirando aceite también. Bill tirachera el morro, no? But he was pumping. So he's cane guys, cane guys, cane guys. And I'm like thinking, okay, this kid's going to start me off. You know, I'm going to check out the cheese first. So he throws that fastball. Boom. Y la veo, no? Like, ay, canijo, este morro tira bien. And then he keeps looking at his girl. Like, as he's getting the ball back from the catcher, he smiles at her or whatever, right? Like, look how I'm going to treat this, this, this old school dude or the viejito now, right? So, boom, throws another one at me. I swing and miss about a half hour later. I'm like, shit. Okay. okay. <laughs> He's going to K me. Now, the smart kid would throw a change up, something off speed, make me chase, and I'm done. But I go, este mocoso, he's trying to show off. He's going to pump another fastball. Now, let me figure out his location. Oh, he's going to try to get me a little bit in, a little down. I almost have it. Okay. Dietrich throws me a fastball. Low, inner half. Whack. Se la saco de ahí. I hit a bomb. So, I hadn't hit a home run in ages, right? So I took a half hour to roll the bags and I'm smiling. I'm about to get my Gatorade right now in the dugout. At least I'm, I'm just feeling good that I, wow, I can still hit. I can still hit. Okay. As soon as I got to that next AB, what does that kid do? He puts a fastball on my ribs. Ooh. I couldn't talk. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't cough for weeks, man. I'm like, and I looked at him like, come on, me going to do, let me enjoy the day. <laughs> and <it's> because, <laughs> because I showed him up right there in front of his lady, brother. That's he what you're supposed to up. do. Like, uh, like, uh, like Montoya's up. watching right now. Does AJ want to play Sunday leagues? They're trying to recruit you right now. Hey, brother. <laughs> hey, if you, okay, look. A, look a baseball agent Sunday. charges 4%. Adrian, I'm going to hook you up. I'm going to give you my boxing manager rate of 33%. Hey. So I will hey, charge I'm you. Down, though, hey. I've, been, I've been wanting to play ball every single day. And I, I know both of you, like Don't anybody else that has played competitive baseball. Every single day you wake up, you want to grab a bat. You want to go play. And it's still, it hasn't died anywhere. If my jefe hears you say that, he'll have a contract out ready for. He'll go to your house and be like, "All right, my, my dad still plays. My dad still plays. He's fifty-eight. Yeah. He just turned fifty-eight last year. He plays. He still plays three times a week. That's awesome. Sometimes, yeah. See, I'm forty. I'm forty-seven, going on forty-eight. So I'm definitely going to be in those forty-plus leagues no. now. Hey, there, there's leagues like hey, the white hey, guys do it right. The white guys go to hey. Arizona and play the complexes. The Mexicans stay at Belvedere Park and like and in HP. It chaps his ass. It's I, I love it there. 
it chaps his ass that I tell him I don't want to play anymore. Like he's like, come on, like come on, man, you're you're you're, you're fucking thirty six years old. You you tell me that. <laughs> what do I have to prove? <laughs> what am I gonna go do? Like I just one, I don't want to get hurt. Two, if I have another surgery with three kids, no thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, man. It, it, it's you're out there, and then say for example, like if I have a, a like I go play, and I have a soccer game to call later on that night. And then some mocoso throws a fastball at my neck and, and takes yeah. me out. Entonces, al rato va a estar hablando con un welt in the... No, it, it makes you think, man. Oh, oh, look, 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 look who show, decided to join us. The ace of SoCal. Chief is the best player in baseball in history. ¿Lo dejaron? Yeah. <laughs> he has a new phone. ¿Cuánto uh, tiempo, eh? He's probably in a time limit, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why we got to finish the podcast right now. That's the only message you'll get from him. Yeah. Now, uh, go back to this, Adrian. When you faced Juan Eichelberger, how old were you? Uh, 14 going on 15. Now, this yeah. is like what? Uh, late 80s, 90s? No, nah, no. This is about 1990. Okay, so 1990. Here's I just researched Juan. <clears throat> fantastic name, by the way. Juan Tyrone Eichelberger. Yeah. You faced him in 1990? Yeah. 90, and you're 14. Yeah. By that time, he had already played at UC Berkeley, pitched for the Padres, Indians, and Braves, and pitched in Japan. He was just—he's <laughs> <laughs> out there messing around. I'm telling he, you, he almost threw a no hitter in Padre history against the Cubs in 1982. Umpire messed it up um, because it was not cleanly fielded by Tim Flannery. So this dude, just fresh off of Japan, messing around, sees a punk 14-year-old, and he's just throwing gas at you. With a mullet. <laughs> well, his I'm name is Juan Tyrone. Come on now. And uh, J- Ricky, his son, Jared, runs a baseball academy called Baseball Science in San Diego. Uh, he played yeah, with he... you at, uh, he played at Fullerton. By the yeah, game. right there, San Diego Independent League, man. They, they, they had a, a variety of, of different caballos in that league, let me what tell a, you. What a mess. What a mess. That's, that's crazy. But those are, those are the cool little memories that you take from it, right? I mean, yeah. Hell like, yeah. that's, what this, that's what this game does. I feel like, um, you know, basketball, you start at a young age. Football, you start at a young age. But I feel like baseball, just you start at an even younger age. And just you create so many memories along the way. You see so many players. You have so many teammates along the way. That you were just like my dad still to this day says, Hey, we need to get the team that played at Salazar Park. We need to get you guys together one day. And I'm like, bro, that's like 20 years ago. Like, where the hell are you gonna find these guys? But he's like <laughs> determined to find these guys. He wants to get that team together. That was like we we're pretty good, but for, for that area. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's the, those memories. Like he'll be every once in a while, we'll sit there and talk shop. And he's like, You remember so and so? And I'm like, Yeah, you remember so and so? Yeah, and I'm like, dude, how do you re- my mom's always like, no, 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 you don't even remember when we got married, but you sure as hell remember. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what happens. <laughs> All right, so Adrian Garcia Marquez will be calling Game 6 of the World Series tonight. If you want your shout-out, let him know you heard it on the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. Yeah, Adrian yeah, do Garcia, it. MRQZ. Put you to the front of the line. Yeah, you get to switch to the front of the line. Adrian Garcia, MRQZ is where you follow him on social media. He'll be calling the game along with Edgar Gonzalez and Carlos uh, Alvarez. That'll be pretty Correct. good. Uh, last thing I'm going to leave you with this is, uh, Adrian, I know you love your baseball, but there's one thing that he loves even more, and it is this. You're going to be very proud of Ricky. <laughs> yeah. It's Ptolemy Rick. Where's this oh, at? Oh, man. That's Ricky right there. But, Adrian, uh, just like me, Ricky has no idea who he is. What is this, What are these characters? He has no idea about Star Wars. A ver, en serio. 
So yeah. we have Chewbacca in the back, Darth Vader, uh, Princess Leia, and it looks like what is that? Kylo Ren <laughs> on the, Ren, on the yeah. far right there. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. yeah. My 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 kids all. Yeah, it is Kylo Ren. I see by the by the lightsaber now. Yeah, they're they're obsessed with Star Wars. They think I went and got my mascara in TJ. My cousin was giving me <laughs> shit. He's like, "Will you go get that mask in TJ?" I'm like, hey, look, "Bro, this like, is un Chewbacca bien barato, eh?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one day and, and my wife was like, "Hey, uh, I ordered you a Chewbacca costume," and I'm like, "Wait, you didn't even? I didn't even get to see it." And she's like, "No, you're just get, wearing it." it did yeah. if, if she checked the small print, it probably say Chewbacca. There it is, right there. Palanca. Well, he kept the he kept the Chewy. <laughs> Chewbacca. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have no idea about Star Wars, but my kids are obsessed with it all of a sudden. So, dude, Star I'm Wars, Star Wars. I mean, I, when people ask me, you know, like for me growing up, it wasn't Batman, Superman, or my superhero was Han Solo. To the point where even in the booth, I always sit on the left side because that's where Han flew the Falcon. Whoever's next to me gets to be Chewy, but Han Solo, so yo, papa. <laughs> no idea what he just said. <laughs> me, either. I couldn't even tell you what Han Solo is like. No hey, idea, but hey, uh, he's, he's the biggest badass of the galaxy ever. I have heard it though, like even the Toronto Blue Jay people, because they're like, they 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 love my kids. They they see them all the time, and they're like, "What are you guys gonna be for Halloween?" And I was like, "They want to be something about Star Wars, some characters from Star Wars." And they're like, "You know, that's our best selling night at the stadium." And really, I was part of one in AAA Buffalo, dude. Not an empty seat, Beto. Everyone <laughs> showed up for Star Wars night. <laughs> dude and it's crazy it goes off even that Sholos games like in tj they had their star wars nights and it goes off they even went as far as having uniforms that were like stormtrooper kind of related for Sholos squeakless <laughs> and then they have the best bullpen cart i've ever seen all time they they use it to get guys off the field in this case but it has the little millennium falcon roof you can't beat that man it's like a little mini millennium falcon again tijuana it's so badass so you've, watched, you've watched every single movie Oh, don't get him. Every don't, single don't, movie, don't start. And I can we need a new podcast just for this. Away. Mira, oh, here it is. I've watched every single movie, and I was <laughs> ultra disappointed by The Last Skywalker or whatever that was. The last three. All right, thanks for watching heart. the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the last three don't get Star Wars they, people they going, man. Don't, don't, don't ask them any questions. Don't, because then all <laughs> of a sudden they get to these like, oh, but it was uh, like, I've heard enough. There'd be enough conversation when people are like, oh, where were you and Adrian talking about the Laker at, at, at the floor next to Kobe? Fucking Falcon, the, his truck used to be, what did you name your truck? Your The Millennium Falcon. Yeah. He named his car. one, man. That's why I said I want my own Millennium Falcon one day when, when, I, when I made it, right? And it was the dream. You know, we all have a dream. Guys want a Porsche. Guys want Bentley. I just wanted a big ass, either a Silverado or una Ram así, pero Millennium Falcon. <laughs> and I got it. Awesome. <laughs> hey, Rick, you see, awesome. he, he's more excited talking about Star Wars than he is about the World Series game he's going to call today. Hey, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, the last three movies were disappointing. Uh, 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 kind of uh, suck, but now they grew on me because the last three sucked. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, November 28th, the Ricky Romero Baseball Camp at East LA College. Adrian, I wish you could be there, but you're going to be in Denver with the Chargers. Uh, listen to Adrian every single week calling the Charger games on La Que Buena 105.5. Uh, along with Francisco Pinto. But tonight you'll hear him on Fox Deportes calling the World Series, if it'll be a game six or seven. And also he does uh, fights for Fox Deportes too. So 
if he wait, are you going to the Canelo fight? Uh, actually, we're gonna be doing a studio show from LA because we're not calling it's a Showtime event. So okay, I got like uh, basically the pre and the post from Los Angeles covering Canelo. Canelo, what do you think, man? I think Canelo, I think Caleb Plant offers him probably the best challenge he's seen in a long time. But I think Canelo's still gonna destroy him. So la chingar. Ricky will be there <laughs> yeah. in attendance. Uh, Ricky bought tickets for everybody. Uh, he bought Ace of SoCal two tickets. They're gonna go unused because Ace is not showing up. So man. Exactly. I don't know. We'll do it again Saving, soon. So. Uh, we'll talk to you. I know you want to save your voice. And good luck to you tonight. We'll be watching you on Fox Deportes. So, Ricky, that was cool, man. Thank you, guys. All right. Then I'm we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Thanks, bro. Always good seeing you, brother. Thank you so much for you coming what? on. And good luck tonight. We'll be listening. Yeah, man. That was good. That was good. That was good. It's funny. It's yeah. after that. Nah, hey, we could probably go for another hour with Adrian, too. I mean, he's got oh, just with on Oh, just on Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just on your Tijuana oh, stories yeah. but that'll be good alright so we'll do the podcast again next week uh, Tolly hopefully has a cell phone service maybe we can get him and then the World Series will be wrapped up we'll see what's going on uh, I got word out to some other broadcasters different people that have been covering the game so we'll see who we will have on and if you know anybody in the LA Unified who's a high school baseball player that is smart <clears throat> let them know the Ricky Romero baseball camp uh, taking applications right now keyword uh, key word. Key word. high school High school. I know last year, last or two years ago, we had like six year old like parents trying to sign up six and seven year olds. It's high school kids, huh? and eventually we want to get down to, to to the younger kids. But right now, it's our, our main focus is trying to um, motivate these high school kids that there you know there is a way out of that East LA area, whether it's baseball, whether it's academics, whatever it is. It's high school kids only for now. Um, apologize for for the younger ones, but hopefully one day we'll we'll be able to get there. Yeah, we'll get there, and uh, and people are like, well, we're losing money on this proposition here, so don't worry about it. But it's free, but it's for the kids. It's going to be a huge event, so make sure you follow along on Ricky Merrill Baseball Camp. So, Ricky, I'll talk to you this week. You playing golf this week? Uh, tomorrow. You want to play? Uh, what time? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you know what? I, I let me make up my schedule. I got nothing to do. I'll go. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you guys later. Another edition of the Let's All Go Ricky Roll Podcast.